welcome to Talent Savvy, the podcast that inspires you on all things talent. My name is Bas van der Hatert and my co-host today is Oana Yordescu. I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> Yordescu, almost there. Yordescu. <laughs> Better every day. Better every day. And today's episode, we are going to talk about the TA tech stack. And what tools should you be buying and what tools shouldn't you be buying? But before we get there, first a little word from our sponsor. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year... Thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. All right, and then let's start with, of course, Oana, what's your news of the week? News of the week, um, I, I guess a lot of our colleagues in TEA got news of the Better.com announcement of laying off 900 people on Zoom call. We had a deja vu, probably all of us, a painful one from early 2020. Not cool. I think there are some repercussions there. A lot of people were out by themselves because they just didn't want to get associated with the company anymore. But also the CEO was put on uh, mandatory leave after that. The interesting part is that Better.com actually is, called, is named Best Employer in the New York State, which is very interesting. Usually when you see these tops and then you see these behaviors in the market. But I was just to kind of shameless plug here. Our friends from, from Food Panda, Delivery Hero, are having a similar event this week. They are letting go about 160 people from sales and operations. But lucky, luckily, in a way, they are doing things very nicely. They are helping their employees to find their opportunities. So if you're on sales and operations recruitment in the next couple of weeks, these are people up for grabs and super smart, super intelligent. We just talked a bunch with them today and they definitely deserve a chance very quickly. So I hope we'll see more of the Food Panda example if this restructurations need to be done and less of the better. Yeah, although I must say that letting people go like in the week before Christmas is something <sighs> you you need to ask yourself why. I know. But on the other hand, uh, the great benefit of it is there's such a tight labor market. If they want to, they'll get another job. For sure. Soon. I just... I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think anybody was expecting to start interviewing the two days before Christmas to make sure they have an income in January, February. I'm sure they're trying to do the best in terms of like remuneration and, and making sure there is a compensation with the restructuring. But yeah, not, not a pretty sight for sure. No. So my news of the week is that Randstad is suing three Dutch entrepreneurs. And the reason mm -hmm. this is news is these are three 
parasites, there's no other <coughs> word for them, they claimed that early in the pandemic, we're talking about uh, March and April of last year, they were able to deliver masks for our hospitals, so medically graded masks from China. They had the contacts there, they were able to import them, and they were going to do that not for profit. They, they make a foundation, not for profit foundation, mm-hmm. and they were going to supply the Dutch with masks. Well, next to the fact that the masks have all been declared not medically sound and actually maybe cancer inducing, which means they're still all 100 millions of them in a warehouse, never one has been used. It later turned out that these people made 24 million in cash on a not-for-profit initiative because one of them was politically well-connected and uh, they, they literally did everything, well, legally by the book, but they always claimed to everybody that it was mm-hmm. not for profit and they made an insane amount of money. So mm-hmm. for the past year and a half, the the entire Dutch nation has been telling them, give back the money, give back the money. They actually, one of them said, I'm uh, willing to give this money to uh, uh, charity or a big chunk of it. And the charities all said, no, no, we don't, <laughs> we don't want your money, your money. We don't want illegally obtained money. Yeah, they would make an excuse for it, right? Exactly. We, we're not going to have you use us to greenwash yourself. Yeah. But now it turned out that Randstad had supplied his call center and his logistics for free. Oh. You know, Randstad was picking up the bill and they because a lot of people were out of work anyway. So yeah. Randstad said, okay, you know what? We're going to show our social mm-hmm. side. We will pay these people and you they can help you get in the logistics, get in the call centers, you know, start calling hospitals who you need to supply, how much to, et cetera, et cetera. These people were really psyched and enthusiastic because they were working for a not-for-profit initiative to help us get through the pandemic as good as we could early mm-hmm. on. And they found out that they were all working for a bunch of greedy parasites. And now Randstad has said, listen, apparently the government says, you know, we should have done better, but we can't sue them. Mm-hmm. And the CEO of Rancet said, you know what? We can. And we're not just suing them for back pay because they lied to us because technically, yeah, you know, but apparently and they're suing them for, among other things, social psychological damages to the workers because the workers were really depressed when they found out that they weren't working for a not-for-profit, but mm-hmm. they were working for a bunch of parasites and all kind of all this stuff and uh, so Randstad is now taking a very social stand and I need to applaud them for saying you know what we invested so much and now we're going to invest in the legal fees to get them to pay the money back so that was my news of the week Randstad thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up and I think more should take example of that I, I think we have a couple of more states in the same trouble from what we've seen Yeah, of course. But I love the fact that at least companies are now being more socially responsible than governments are, which just still (laughs) blows my mind. But that was my news of the week. And now on to the topic, which I know you're very passionate about, Oana, the TA tech stack. So my question to you is, can you tell me what piece of technology you have used, you are using, which you think 
that has given me so much value, yet so few people use it. Very simple one that I'm using now, and I think it's priceless. I hope everybody gets on board with this one. Vizier, it's called. It's an analytics tool. Why I love it so much is a lot of the times in organization, you would have a tool for TA, a tool for HR, a tool for, I don't know, some other stuff, right? Headcount planning and so on. Here, this is all in one. So the data flows for everything, headcount planning, capacity planning, to actual TA data, activities, results, and so on, but also capturing a lot of the, let's say, DEI, not so much in the EU side because we still have our pieces of restriction, but the US, where we're having some very interesting DEI dashboards that we can optimize, build, uh, recreate, uh, expand, uh, share with a lot of different people, but also then headcount actual like workforce uh, data, right? So all of this flows in this very beautifully, visually oriented, user-friendly tool, which I think it's the first time when I'm working with something that is so integrated across the greenhouse, workday, a bunch of proprietary tools as well. And it's also easily accessible depending on, on what you need. You can kind of pull whatever you want. I might be a bit biased because in my type of role as a, as a, as a manager, I do work with all this data uh, for different reasons from all sides. But for recruiters, the, especially the more data-driven ones, they're, they're very interesting to make a case for your hiring managers. They're very interesting to compare with your talent insights from LinkedIn Insights, for example, or any other sources that you might have. It's just, it's just there for you to plug anything you want, anything. So, so, so basically, you're pulling the data from all of your different systems into one place. And I can imagine that uh, one of the biggest frustrations I know in TA is that you always hear last that you need to start hiring somebody because somebody retired, which you could have done six months before, but hey, nobody told you that this person was leaving or retiring or going on pregnancy leave, you know, all those kinds of things which are in HR systems. Yeah. And then... At the very last minute, usually TA gets looped in like, oh, where is our replacement? And did yeah. you tell us we needed a replacement? <laughs> Why didn't you come to us like three months earlier? Then it sounds to me like this tool can help you also plan for that and also yeah, plan for, for sure. growth. So because it's my first year, full year, I'm actually now doing some retrospective and just like seeing the headcount evolution uh, per levels, per job profiles, I can also already predict what would be best if I know I will have a headcount of, I don't know, 300 roles next year. Like what's easiest for me to make sure that I phase correctly within the year to cover and reach, usually organizations make a target headcount by the end of the year. It's not so much open roles, but like where do I want to be as the size of the organization for different teams, different job profiles? And working together with what we call TSBP, so all the business partners, it's so much easier because we see exactly the same thing. So then we talk the same language. But yeah, <laughs> I'm so, very So and uh, j just to give our listeners a short view, I mean, Wayfair, I know it a bit. You guys have grown pretty rapidly, right? Yeah, specifically in the European space, right? So Wayfair now has around 20,000 employees. And I think we've hired 
more than 2,000 in, in Europe, but we've, we're growing everything from sales sales and service, right? But also sales, like pure sales operations, category management, tech as well. We've hired yeah, quite quite a lot in the past year and we'll continue to do so for the next year as well. Yeah, so basically you're growing with thousands of people. So it's really good to know how many thousands in what <laughs> type of job or you need to start hiring and planning for and maybe also adjust your own team headcount yeah. accordingly. Yeah. And you can see again, it's the great resignation, right? People spend less time in, uh, especially at junior levels, less time in roles. So the tenures, the rollout, the rollover, let's say, is, is very critical for you to know in advance, like, oh, maybe a data analyst doesn't stay more than one 0.7 months or 2.6, right? Like, where am I with my population and how? what should I expect next year? Because of you you can analyze cohorts, right? Yeah. So, yeah, super interesting. All right, very cool. So you're saying data analytics visier, visor. Visier, yeah. Visier. As a data yeah. analytics tool is awesome. Any other tools you would really recommend adding to the tech stack? Anybody who can and needs, again, this is a need thing, automation tools for scheduling, for sure. Who, you know, yeah. who, who doesn't want to do that? It's not that you take your, your hands completely off it. There's always need of a, of a curation, I would say, of this. But uh, we use GoodTime, I think, in the European space in general for this size of the organization. GoodTime is an excellent one, but there might be a couple of others there interesting. I don't know. Do you know about scheduling tools that I, might be adapted to more small and medium? Well, it's, it's, I actually, I know of GoodTime, to be honest, because I saw the case study presented by your current boss, Søren, when he oh, was yeah, at correct. Zalando. So uh, I know what he did also at, at Zalando with it. And that was just an amazing case study. And I've been a big fan of, of GoodTime since I saw him as well. To be honest, I've actually seen in various SME companies just being calendly being used oh, yeah, for sure. it. You know, it's, it's, if, if, a uh, good time works awesome if you need to schedule with like two or three multiple, multiple interviews. Mm -hmm. But in an SME, I mean, one of my, my clients right now literally just hired their very first recruiter because line management was always doing it. And ooh, the labor market is really tight right now. <laughs> so they're hiring a recruiter. But mm -hmm. yeah, there's only one person doing the very first interview. Or uh, there's one person in HR doing the very first interview. Yeah, Calendly works excellent for that at that point. You know, it's it's you don't need to overcomplicate things until things get complicated. Indeed. What do you, because you are embedded in so many different projects as a consultant with a lot of different companies, like your, your work is amazing. But how do you manage your, do you use just Google Calendar or do you have a tool as well for your I actually just have Google Calendar. I've as soon as I started doing start doing evaluations with suppliers because of course a lot of suppliers sponsor my events and stuff like that. So I want to talk to them at least once a year, and then I use Calendly just mm -hmm. to to get people to send it out. But I, I've actually found out that most of my contacts are already using stuff like Calendly, so they expect me to set a a date in it. And and to be honest, I'm pretty chaotic in a lot of things. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh, I I don't I fortunately do not have a secretary and do not need a you should you should <laughs> yeah well but uh, no so for scheduling for me it's just my Google Calendar which works perfectly 
I got to tell you, I do have seen for some of my clients some really nice pre-selection tooling. Mm-hmm. For example, one of my, my, my clients actually still had too much applicants, which surprises a lot of people, but there's still a lot of talent out there if you yeah. give them a chance. You know, and, and in their case, they had this awesome traineeship, which they 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 really made you into uh, basically it was for sort of social workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this was a, a local municipality and it was for social workers. And they said, listen, um, maybe if you're embedded in a certain neighborhood where we want to fix things, you might be better suited than somebody who studied social work at university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for this traineeship, we're going to everybody is allowed to apply. They dropped everything, but it doesn't mean everybody can do the job. Mm-hmm. So they had a selection stage where they did a, a case study, a, a genuine uh, a practice, you know, a use case test, which is of course very good in selecting the right kind of people. Mm-hmm. But it took a lot of time because they couldn't automate it. Mm-hmm. So they had to read like five pages of how would you solve this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, an, an actual work sample test, which wasn't automatable, at least the ones they used wasn't. But so they could handle a maximum of 150 applicants. And then actually uh, late last year, they got 150 applicants in six minutes. Mm. They had to close it down. Wow. And what we're doing there now is is with automated pre-selection tooling, because we've also said like, okay, these people need to be team players yeah. and they need to be, learning agile Mm -hmm. and they had had a few other general points and we basically just made a pre-screening test situational judgment test how would you respond to a situation like this seeing you know uh, what do we consider teamwork Mm -hmm. all right this happens what do you do Mm -hmm. and then for non it wasn't obvious you know what what the right answer was but we did within their organization they said listen this is what we consider teamwork this yeah. is what we consider being open to new experiences which is very important and we had a few of those and i actually believe that if we but of course that's my one of my my passions if we use more pre-selection tooling on a lot of jobs we can find so much more talent mm-hmm. which just doesn't have to write paper or the right experience yeah we we started using Harvard for a bunch of things, specifically again in the sales and ops, the high volume area. What's what's your opinion about Harvard? Because yeah, I I absolutely love them. Yeah. I, I've the, the thing is I've I might be biased here because I've seen them grow from like a seven people mm-hmm. organization with a small office and the biggest Christmas tree in 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 Amsterdam in the middle of their office. That was the first time I I, I went there many many years ago. They had like a very small office with only, I think, eight desks, but it was over two floors. And in the middle, there was no no uh, barrier. So it was like a six meters high building. And they could put like a massive Christmas tree. That's that's how I remember them at the very first times. But also from their mobile experience is mm-hmm. one of the best in assessments, which is something I personally yeah. and think. Especially is- for that audience, right? It's amazing. Yes, they're... Uh, data because they've been around for so long on what makes a really good customer success person, what makes a really good salesperson in retail or, or in call centers yeah. is excellent. They yeah. manage to combine 
the important cognitive traits mm -hmm. with the uh, important psychometric traits. The science mm -hmm. behind it is really good. Yeah. And they've expanded over the last years when you're now able to plug basically every competitor into their platform as well. Mm, which so you, yeah that's that is really nice because your batch expands right your comparison batch expands really exactly so now i, th I think they're amazing i'm yeah. really curious because they have been sold to an american company outmatch okay, i didn't know that yeah uh, a couple of months uh, i think six months ago oh. and their ceo who's a a business friend of mine and our head of sales both left the company by mm -hmm. now uh, which mm -hmm. was way faster than i expected so to be honest I am really curious to see how they will be developing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have the most awesome product, but I'm always wary when, uh, especially when an American company buys a European one, <laughs> if because I've seen it happen at two different suppliers in our mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. arena, where they at one day just stopped investing in the technology, yeah. and in the other one they completely changed the sales cycle from customer centric to basically top down pushing it in so i'm um, that that's that's the one thing i'm wary about when it comes to harvard what's outmatch going to do with them but i see i'll focus on the positive like i don't work with it because in my part of the world in tech is not so relevant but i got the chance to validate and review a bunch of the kind of assets they created uh, when we started working with them in the volume space and i was very impressed Things were seamless. Any changes that we wanted to make, they were very easy, especially on language. We had to design the tests in a way that they're accessible, right? So we were testing, like A-B testing with a lot of internal non-natives, and they were very flexible, very welcoming, very interesting as well to, to see. But it, I think we are one of their biggest like test, right? In terms of like type of partner that they're working with. So it's been, it's been working really well for us. I'm happy for, for people like that and for tools like that. All right. So do you, what's your question to get answered about TA Tech? Because, you know, I was thinking, bus must see so many things, so many things that I don't see, right? I, I think we receive, oh, you should buy this, you should buy this, put your money here, put your money there. And it's, it's all like shining stuff, right? Shiny stuff in front of us. But you must know, I don't know if you're willing to share, you don't need to name names, right? But if organizations should maybe consider giving up on some stuff. If we should, yeah, stop using some piece of technologies that in general we're like, no, no, we have to use this for everything TA. Well, yeah, no, of course. I, am, I don't think it's appropriate to start naming names no. because some of them <laughs> might be biased. I can in general say like the one thing I despise are ATSs with a register to apply button. It just costs you so many applicants. Mm. So... If your ATS isn't able to seamlessly integrate with your career sites via an API, if you're not able to build really nice, beautiful, mobile-friendly application forms, or which might even make the CV optional, you know, I, I found this really beautiful site uh, today where it just said uh, at the bottom of your application form, I don't have my CV with me right now. Uh -huh. you could still apply and they would send you an email so you can apply on your mobile. Isn't that awesome? So those kinds of things um, uh, get get away from the really rigid ATSs, mm -hmm. which say you're doing it our way or the highway. Yeah, I suggest the highway. And <laughs> the other part, which I'm not a fan of, is the general HR stacks, 
which offer an ATS as well. Mm -hmm. So you just mentioned you work with Workday and you have Greenhouse as an ATS. There are some people who use Workday as an ATS. Exactly. I've actually talked to somebody this week about yeah. that. I'm not a fan of that because no. an ATS should be... Uh, the, the entire thing of HR, HR is process-oriented. So all core HR systems are there to support the processes, which is awesome, which is sure, needed, which is... Sure. However, having a process-oriented mindset is something else as having a customer-oriented mindset because customers are quirky and <laughs> candidates are customers and yeah. candidates sometimes want different things. So I am not a fan of any really good HR, core HR system being used as an ATS as well. That's the other thing I would really love to drop. And mm -hmm. I totally get why IT wants this, right? Because it yeah. saves you a lot on integration. A lot of things can go wrong. Yet you're spending so much money on attracting more candidates and dropping them off because their mindset in how you should be applying, I mean, it is a candidate market. And mm -hmm. the difference, I think, between the Netherlands and a lot of other com countries, we have been a candidate market since the 1990s. <laughs> Somewhere sure. in 1995, we've became candidate-centric. <laughs> and there are still companies who don't believe it, but we, uh, we have had low unemployment for decades. Mm -hmm. So... To give you an example, our big four accounting firms. The big four accounting firms alone aim to hire 6,000 graduates every year on mm -hmm. accounting in the Netherlands. Yet we have 5,000 students studying accounting every year. So only for the big four, there's already a shortage. And then we've got like 10 SME type of yeah. massive accounting firms, but for the SMEs. So we've had a labor market shortage forever. So they have been hunting and being candidate-centric for a long time. I mean, and we're still using some core HR systems as an ATS. It happens a lot with, with governmental organizations because for some reason, they believe spending money on tech is, you know, is, is wasting taxpayers' money while hiring an extra recruiter. Yeah, that's, 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 there's no other way to do it. <laughs> And I've seen, no, but I've seen this happen so many times. I've actually, one of my former clients, and she showed me, my, my, my manager, she said, listen, here's the breakdown of our entire HR department budget. Yeah. As you can see, I'm only allowed to spend money on people. And we, so, so the tech budget was like in the single digit percentage wow. compared to the entire budget. But this is how they lose, right? They lose the, the race. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't augment your recruiters because I love, like, like you said, tech you think is essential is planning tech, you know, mm -hmm. just interview planning, scheduling tech. Yeah. That's how you augment your recruiter to be able to do his or her job a lot better because yeah. there is no value to be gained in... Picking calendars. In picking calendars. <laughs> I mean... Uh, we literally at one of my companies had three full time, uh, uh, almost full time secretaries, mm -hmm. just picking calendars to to schedule meetings. No, no. And when we have hundreds, thousands, right, of interviews yeah. per year, you cannot afford yourself to to fall in that trap, right? And I, I again, yes, it's painful because you need an expert and you need to maybe modify some other of your internal systems and make sure that everything is adapted. But then you do it once, and then 
maybe three, four years, you're fine. You don't need to do it over and over again. No, and, and the thing is, I mean, if you look at uh, the, the company I, I was working for, so they were paying somewhere between 15 and 20 grand a month to have people working, doing tech stuff, which would probably be like five grand a month in licensing fees and one time 20 grand in implementation fees. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's a lot of money. No, it's not because you're spending every, that kind of money every month yeah. on the people now doing it. And uh, so, yeah, th- those are really bad tax. And I, another part which I've never been a fan of is, and this sounds really, but bad analytics. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, you love uh, Vizier. I've seen so many people spitting out analytics reports mm-hmm. where nobody questions the data behind them. Yeah. Even here, like I know it's a good tool, but I double check when I'm like, this looks odd, right? Like, where is this coming from? And there's always some inconsistency, but ultimately I've, I've seen many, even greenhouse, right? They've been trying to do really good stuff, but you need to know when to doubt it. And most people don't. No. And well, to, to finish off then with an anecdote, which uh, actually came from one of Harvard's clients, which is just uh, one of the m- biggest infu- insurance firms in the Netherlands. This was a few years ago. They presented at one of my events. They started using Harvard for their contact center agents. Mm-hmm. And they then found out because of the measurements in Harvard, they were combining good data. And they said, okay, so we are now seeing that our best employees score lowest because they did a a test on current employees score score lowest on listening in harvard's test this sounds strange for people who are our customer support on the phone so the first thing they said is harvard is wrong and then harvard said no we're not wrong we did this is how you measure listening and then they looked at their definition of quality and it turned out that the only thing they were measuring is time per call so basically the most abusive i'm not listening to our customer and i'm going to break the call we're considered to be the best so they changed based on the data from an assessment tool which is still something i really enjoy they changed their definition of quality because all of a sudden they were finding out that they had quality reports Mm -hmm. gone wrong for a long long time and they were promoting the wrong people and they were promoting the wrong behavior So on that note, I thank you all for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed our show over the TA Tech Stack. Do get in touch with us if you have more specific questions on TA Tech or anything to implement. And we will be discussing your questions as well. Give us a five-star rating if you like the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. And we will talk to you again soon. (laughs) 